Romans chapter 16, and we're going to use our Bibles some tonight, but at the same time, I, I really want to get a truth across to you that is important, and may I say it this way while you're turning, and once you get there, just look at me, that way I know everybody's there. Tonight's topic is one of those topics that will make or break you in the Christian life. There's no two ways around it. It's one of those that if you get it, you'll stay with it. If you don't get with it, you're going to fall by the wayside. And that's the only way I know how to say it. But let's start reading in Romans chapter 16, verse number 17. Now, I beseech you, brethren, now watch these next words. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches. What's the next word? Deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but, uh, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. I want to talk to you tonight about dealing with the contrary. Dealing with contrary people. Now, if you miss the next two minutes, you're going to miss the whole sermon. Christians are generally kind people. Christians are generally kind-hearted people. And because that's because we have the Holy Spirit, we understand real love, and uh, the lost world doesn't have any of that. Now, unfortunately, most Christians don't know how or when or they hate to take a stand for right. They, because of their kindness, feel they're unkind if they stand for right. They feel that, well, I'll just wait and maybe it'll pass and we let liberals take over. You see, we feel unkind if we have to take a stand, and this is how the devil and liberalism creeps in. Uh, finally, today, after three weeks, we finally have a new Speaker of the House of Representatives. May I say, a very strong, staunch Christian man. Say, how did that take place? Because we have a small enough group, but just big enough group of conservative Republicans that said we're not putting up with a rhino for our party as leading us. They threw up another liberal named McCarthy. They put Jim Jordan up. It was better, but not great. They put another up. He didn't pass muster either. And they said, come on, get it together. Who do you want? And they, they put some names. Oh, they're too radical. They said, well, we're going to keep voting you down till there's nobody left to vote on. You see, it takes good people willing to take a hard stand to clean up their own party. Otherwise, we just put the liberals in there like McCarthy that's going to concede to the president and the liberals. Everybody doing okay? Now, hang on for a second here. Just, I'm glad. Just like in the 1930s, it's all right, I love kids, they're too honest, amen? <laughs> I feel the same way, son, about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, just like in the 1930s, 
Hitler started going against the Geneva Convention and against the, uh, the peace treaty of Versailles. Now watch this. And he said, I'll count on the Western powers to sitzkrieg while I blitzkrieg. In other words, I'll count on the kindness and the goodness of good people while I take over while they're being kind and good to each other. And we, as the United States of America, allowed World War II to take place. And people don't understand that. FDR was making money by the bucket load from both sides of it. We allowed an army to be marshaled in Germany when there was not one supposed to be there. We allowed him to invade Poland when he wasn't supposed to take any aggressive action or take any land from anywhere. And we sat on our blessed do-nothings, being kind and nice, smiling and blowing kisses and patting babies on the head and saying, look how nice and how kind we are, while we let the evil dictator called Hitler go across and destroy people's lives. Now, Christians have believed the devil's lie long enough. Please don't take this statement the wrong way. I love very deeply. I love people. I really do. And I love people enough to tell them the truth. I loved my children. That's why I didn't let them go out into I-81 and play ball. Well, you put borders up. You hate your kids. No, I know what would destroy them, and I kept them from doing that which would destroy them. You see, love, listen to this statement, love is never passive to sin and wrong. Love is never passive to sin and wrong. It would no longer be love if it were. Well, if you love me, let me, that's not love, that's lust. Love says no, that's wrong, that will hurt, that will destroy, that's not right, and because I love you, no. See, we have to understand, love takes a stand for right, it does not put its seal of approval on wrong and sin. The moment love backs up and says, well, I just don't want to be kind, you just pussyfooted, and you just let liberal and wrong take over. And you're no longer loving you're hating. And I'll show you that in a moment. Love, by the very nature, is defined as rules and obedience. Let me say that again. Love, by its very nature, is founded in rules and obedience. Turn in your Bible, First John. Uh, go to John first. John chapter 14. We're going to go to three passages very quickly here. Whew, i got to hurry. John chapter 14. We haven't even gotten out of the introduction yet. Look at verse number 10. John 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not for myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me and the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than he shall he do because I go unto my father. Now watch this. 
Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you shall ask anything in my name. And I, I want you to notice, he goes along and he says, look, it, but if you love me, you'll obey me. He said, I love the Father because I do the works he sent me to do. And if you love me, you'll do the works that I sent you to do, and greater works than these shall you also do. Ooh, that's hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. There's a ton I want to get to tonight, so we're going to hurry. We're going to look at a couple verses real quick here. 1 John chapter 5, look at verse number 1. Whosoever believeth, you ready? Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, uh, that begatteth, loveth him also that is begotten of him. In other words, anybody who's been saved is going to love another saved person. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and what? Keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. What is it? That we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now listen to me very carefully here. When people are wrong doctrinally about Jesus and salvation, God says avoid them. Say why? Because if you're with them, you hate God and you love them more than you love God, and it's not really love, you lust. I didn't say it. God did. Go to Second John, just one page over. There's only one chapter. I think you can find that chapter. Amen. Look at verse number six. And this is the love. This and this is love that you walk after His what? Commandments, rules. This is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. In other words, God says that love is founded in rules. You don't love a child because you let them get away with wrong. Well, if you do it one more time, one more time, you're hating that child according to Scripture. You're supposed to love them by making them follow the rules. Uh, I never heard my dad say, one more time. Before he said it, he said, you've got one time. Then you'll do it, you choose, with or without the whooping. There was no, there was no one more time. It, it just did not happen. You say, why? Well, your dad was so mean. I know, but he, he was okay. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You say, why did he do that? Because he loved me. There comes a point in time in a life where you're not supposed to question the rules. You're supposed to just do it. Sometimes you don't find out the whys till much later in life. And we have to understand that allowing someone to break a rule or not for us to not enforce a rule is not love. What is the opposite of love? Hate. So if God is love and God is rules, hate and the devil is the lack thereof. 
That's why we have a society that doesn't want to uh, discriminate based on gender. That's why you got the alphabet soup crowd. Well, I hate to tell you, two bulls don't make a cow. I just walked through a pasture full of them this week, and let me tell you, there wasn't two bulls going after each other in a romantic way. Uh, ruts coming on for bucks. They don't chase each other in a, in a kind, affectionate way right now. Say why? They're fighting for the females, not for each other. Uh-huh. You see, does not nature itself even teach you? But the devil wants to break down those rules. He wants to break down. Let's not keep score in ball games so kids don't cry. You know, every kid needs to cry. Every kid knows needs to know the pain of defeat. They need to know that agony that goes with it. By a world of sports. The agony of defeat. The guy coming off the ski jump. At 400 miles an hour. Broke every bone in his body. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I dated myself on that. Where's Brother Anthony? There he is. I walked in his office today. He's got these headphones on. I thought, what's he doing? Turn around. He said, you want to confuse a millennial? Give him a tape recorder and have him try to figure it out. <laughs> I said, hey, I Google. I said, the screw side means side one. The other side, side two. You got to turn it over to hear the other side. <laughs> it's not like a CD. Anyway, uh, now, let, by the way, that means this. That's why we're to keep rules in marriage. There are rules for marriage. We're to keep them. If you don't, you don't love one another. Uh, that's why there's <laughs> rules in parenting. Beat them every day just to make sure. Amen? Uh, that's why there's rules of pastoring. Unfortunately, we have pastors who don't follow the rules God set forth. It's pretty hard for a woman to be a pastor when God said they're supposed to be the husband of one wife. Everybody doing okay? Uh, there's rules of friendship. You know, I love my friends, but when my friends change doctrinally, I distance myself from my friends. I avoid them scripturally. You say, why? Because I love them enough to avoid them. This is true in any relationship. I want to show you what God says about taking the right kind of stand and how to do it. Now, let me make a statement here. I want you to hear this very carefully. God does not say that we're going to feel good about making those stands. I hate to tell you something. It's not going to get any easier. If I got to come out and throw a fit someday, I go to my, I'm in my office. You say, preacher, what are you doing? Are you praying? Yeah, I'm back there trying to find the courage to do it because I hate doing it. I had to preach on hell a few weeks ago. I hate preaching on hell. I fought God and fought God and fought God and fought God and fought God. It's been sitting in my file for months. Now finally, God said, this is it. Okay. I still hate doing it. But you say, you did it, preacher. <laughs> yeah. I preached strong. Yep. Did I feel like doing it? Nope. Not at all. You see, but I put my head down that night and said, God, I obeyed you. I found assurance in the obedience of doing it 
his way. Now, we must let our obedience be the reward, not our feelings and not somebody else's feelings. We are too concerned about our feelings and we're too concerned about somebody else's feelings. Well, I just don't want to offend them if my Bible says great peace have they which love thy law. Rules and nothing shall offend them. <laughs> I was talking to Brother Campbell today on the phone for this radio thing. He said, now, now preacher, he said, I, I, I wouldn't want to hurt you. I said, Brother Travis, you're too kind of a man to hurt me. You're not tough enough to hurt me. And he kind of chuckled. I said, I'm not kidding. I said, the fact that you would make the statement that you don't want to hurt me proves that. I said, my enemies never come up to me and say, well, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about? The ones that say they don't want to hurt, don't worry, they're not going to hurt you. They really don't. They might tell you the truth. But the truth is what you need. You see, we're not to worry about our feelings or how somebody else feels. But it doesn't mean that you're mean and nasty because you made a stand based on love. You know, I can take a stand and not have a bad attitude. I really can. You've seen me do it a lot. I've taken a firm stand, but I love you. There's times I have to say, no. My daughter was having her wedding and we were going through it. And, but daddy, I went. I said, no, against the rules. But daddy, you said I could have whatever I wanted. I said, as long as it was within the, within the rules of the church. She said, but dad, you're the pastor. I said, that's exactly why. Because somebody's child who's not the pastor's child is going to come and say, I want to do that. I'm going to be able to say, I didn't let my daughter do it, and I'm not letting you do it. Am I doing okay? There was nothing wrong or sinful. But it wasn't going to happen. Happened two or three times. Say, what'd you say? No. Did you know she's been married for over three years and now has a baby? Hmm. Guess it was okay. I'll guarantee if I went to her today and say, did it really matter that you didn't have this? Uh, nah, I would have liked it, but it really doesn't matter now. Yeah, I know. That's why we didn't fight about it. The answer was still no. Did you know no is easier to say than yes? It has one less letter. <laughs> or as my father used to say, what, you, what don't you understand? The N or the O? <laughs> Which one don't you get? <laughs> Y'all got that? Mm -hmm. Now, here, here's how we do it. Number one. I'll try to hurry through this. We're to avoid people who cause division and offenses doctrinally. Look at Romans chapter 16, verse number 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. That means this. When somebody is wrong on that book right there or what that book says, they're wrong. Say, well, which doctrine? Any of them. Any of them. That's why God says, avoid them. <laughs> we read, uh, go to First uh, John chapter 4. We were back in First John chapter 5. Let's go back to First John chapter 4. I'm going to read fairly lengthy, and I want you to notice something here. It starts with a, with a verse about doctrine. Then I want you to notice the word love that is attached to the doctrine. Beloved, 
Believe not every what? Now, is that a capital S or small s? Oh, so it's not the Holy Spirit then. It could be religious spirits. Could be false doctrine. But try the spirits, not Loretta's moonshine. Whether... Sorry, she was ducking back there the whole time. She tried to hide behind Paula with her hand over her face like this. (laughs) I saw her. (laughs) Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now watch this. Hereby know ye the, what? Spirit of God. Capital S? Huh. Every spirit... That confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Oh, now look at me. God said if people don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, who he said he was, and we get to heaven by who he says he was, God calls them an Antichrist. In other words, the Pope is an Antichrist. The false teachers are Antichrist. The false Bible people are Antichrist. I didn't say it, God did. Because if they don't believe Jesus is who they say, who he said he was, by the way, he said, I am the word of God. And if we're wrong on the Bible, we're wrong on the doctrine of Christ. Let's keep going. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that, it should, that he should come, and even now hath already in the world. You're of God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. And he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of what? Truth and the spirit of error. In other words, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's error and it's wrong. Not our feelings, the Bible. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him, herein is love, not that he that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now look at me. God says if you're wrong on the doctrine of Christ, you're wrong on all love. Wow. So sitting here in a turtleneck shirt on a stool and having a little talk with Jesus, blowing kisses to everybody and giving you a TED talk on how to make millions of dollars and tithe more isn't love. Everybody doing okay? Uh, who's the cow dude in Texas? Uh, yeah, Joe Holstein. Uh, is an antichrist. He's wrong. He's wrong on the Bible, he's wrong on his methods, and he's wrong on Jesus. I could go through a list of them. I'm not going to right now, but uh, you just have to understand, when people are wrong on the doctrine, God said, avoid them. People that cause divisions. 
Say, who is somebody that causes division, preacher? We don't have time to go to Second John verses 7 through 11. You can look those up later. Doctrines. That's what we believe. That's the... Uh, <laughs> you say, why should we do that? Did you know I could like people that are wrong doctrinally? Some of those guys are pretty suave. Some of those guys have wealth. Some of those people are pretty sharp. Now, some of them are kooks. You know, Ernest Angley. <laughs> He's the only man in the world I knew who could make a five-syllable word out of Jesus. <laughs> I heal you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Brother Jim. Wearing his white suit and everything. Amen. <laughs> Looked like the penguin off of Batman or something. <laughs> you old timers know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brother Harry's dying back there. Now, wait a minute. We don't understand. Jesus, God calls that person an antichrist. Now, Joyce Myers. I won't even go into that, but let me tell you. Antichrist on steroids. Uh, you see, you could get into some some bad people who believe the wrong way and like them. There, I hate saying it this way. Most people wrong on doctrine have to be likable so people will follow them. These slick people are real likable. Till they get everything from you that they want, and then they drop you like a hot quarter. <laughs> Don't talk about Jennifer that way. <laughs> By the way, we're not to separate over personality. We're to separate over doctrine. You separate over doctrine, not over personality. You know, I'd rather have somebody with a bad attitude that's standing right than somebody with a good attitude that's standing wrong. Now, I wish the guy standing right had a good attitude. But I'll take the guy with the wrong attitude that's standing on right than the guy with the good attitude that's an antichrist. But I just like to hear him on the radio, preacher. Yeah, right. Now, God says avoid them. Keep away. In other words, I'm to avoid all people and their doctrine if they're wrong. That's why when somebody changes their doctrine, I throw everything from them I have away. Say why? Because I don't know where in the process they started changing. And I'm not willing to go down the rat hole with them, so I just avoid it altogether. It's that simple. Uh, This doesn't mean... Everybody look at me for a second. This doesn't mean you sift through their garbage can to find what good there is. Well, I don't read it all. I just pick out the good parts. Let's go to Outback for dinner tonight and go to the trash dump back behind there and pick out all the food that you want to eat. What's the difference in that? And then listen to somebody that's got bad doctrine, but you want to pick out the good parts. And yet that's what we do. We consume it. Uh, This is true also of people that cause division of of doctrine. Ah, you know the preacher. I don't see it quite his way. That's somebody causing division. Watch out. 
those kind of people generally say, hey, let's meet for lunch and let's go talk about the preacher for a while or let's talk, let's talk about what we don't like at the church. You say, what do you do? Get up and walk away. <laughs> By the way, when they start, <laughs> somebody's going to have to be really old to say this. Well, I've been around as long as the preacher has and I know better than that. Yeah, that's a pretty dangerous statement. Number two. People who cause division and offenses of doctrine are motivated by selfishness. Look at verse number 18. I'm going to hurry through this very quickly here. For they that are such, such what? Those that are contrary in doctrine. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, even if they say they do. Even if it says church, I don't care if it says Baptist, Catholic, Episcopalian, or whatever, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, everybody look at me for just a second here. They're about their own wealth. When the Bible says that, but, uh, but they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. That means what they get out of it, their own satisfaction. There are churches in the panhandle that the more money you give, you climb up the tiers getting closer to the leadership. There are churches in the panhandle that if you go there and join their membership, you give them your banking information and your routing numbers and they deduct your tithe out of your account through the church. They're serving their own belly. They're not serving the people. It will be, they'll sell popsicles where the boogeyman lives before that happens here. You give it willfully or we'll figure it out some other way. I'm not taking it. I'm not driving around in a $250,000 Maserati, if you could get one for that. I don't know. Brother, Brother Aaron could tell you. Man, I looked at a car. It would cost more than my house, and it was used. What was that thing? Uh, no, the McLaren. the McLaren. Yeah. They only wanted $238,000 for a used car, Brother Jim. And you could only put two people in it. Good night. I walked in, heard the price. I walked right back out. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to breathe in here. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> They're only about their self, their own belly. Proverbs 13.25, Proverbs 18.20, and Philippians 3.19 talk about that we consume things upon our own lust. You see, people that are wrong, wicked people, do things to get more power. They do things to get more wealth. They, get to, they, they, they want a bigger name for themselves. Everything that they do is selfishly motivated. It really is. These false doctrine people sound smart and sound pleasant, but they prey upon simple people. Because wise people see through them. Put your hands on the back of the television and feel the power of God. Send your seed money to this address. 
Send your money and we'll send you a prayer cloth. And if you pray holding that cloth, God will answer your prayers. It's only $99.95. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, People don't understand. Simple people want to sound and look smart. So they hang around people that sound smart to them. I've been around a bunch of educated, stupid people. Uh, there are people that look down on me because, well, your college was not accredited with the state. Well, thank God, I've seen what the state put out, and I don't want to be associated with that mess. Well, is yours accredited by anywhere? Yep, what association? The Northeast Association? Nope, due north. Well, what do you mean, due north? God, the New Jerusalem. We've not heard of that. I didn't think so. I got more smart than that little finger and they got in their whole head. Did you know that they can only prey upon simple people and fools because wise people won't follow them? Did you notice some of the big liberal (laughs) Jewish Democrats are starting to figure out their Democrat party isn't what they thought it was. And everybody's getting a little scared right now. Everybody's taking their money and running. Say, why? Because this little war over in Israel right now sure is bringing the <clears throat> to the top of the, uh, the swamp. You see... <laughs> Uh, they they follow bad doctrine not even knowing it. Proverbs 7.21 talks about the, the, the harlot that snares the simple man and says it's, she strikes a dart through his heart without him even knowing. And that is exactly what happens. Oh, they're just so wonderful. They sound so wonderful. They're so religious. And yet I had a person walk out of our church Sunday morning from a church just like that, and they said that they told their the pastor there that they came here and he said, well, if you go there, you're going to die and go to hell. (laughs) So much for the fair speeches. So much for the kind words. Say why? Because they're not getting what they want. (laughs) Everybody doing all right? I'm having fun right now. Turn to first Corinthians chapter two. We're just about there. Look at verse number four. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that you should stand, uh, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, I know your preacher gets a little wound up every once in a while, and I might spit, and I might pound the pulpit just a little bit. I might throw a fit every once in a while. I know good grammar, but don't always use it. Say Why? Because y'all wouldn't understand what I'm saying if I did. But can I tell you something? Sometimes you have to demonstrate in power. Preaching man's way doesn't work. I don't wiggle when I walk. I'm not wearing a dress. Uh, You say, preacher, you you holler every once in a while. Well, hang on, just turn your hearing aid down. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, I do, because it's God said that I'm supposed to lift my voice like a trumpet, not sound like a piccolo or a flute. 
Trumpets are loud. Anybody doing okay? And it, it, it's brassy. It's it's brash. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> but my bowels are not like a harp. Amen. Uh, don't get caught up in uh, men with college degrees and education. And well, look at all the books they've written. You know, uh, you say, preacher, what commentaries do you use? The King James Bible. Well, what about uh, these uh, commentaries? If you had enough time to write a stack of books that tall of commentaries, you weren't busy seeing anybody get saved. Matthew Henry wouldn't have walked across the street telling old drunk how to get saved. If he wouldn't walk across the street telling old drunk how to get saved, what good is reading what he thought about the Bible? Everybody doing all right? I'm not saying it's wrong to write books. But if you're seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people saved in your writing books, go for it. Past that, you better get busy telling somebody about Jesus instead of sitting in your office drinking coffee writing books. It's that simple. Say, well, what commentaries do you use? None. Strong's Concordance and the Cruden's Concordance and the King James Bible. That's all I need. And I could do without one or the other of those. And I did for many, many years. I guess it got me here. It'll take me home. Amen. Say, well, there's more learned people than you. They don't have any sense, though. How many people have they had saved in their ministries? Number three, let me finish up with this. Uh, Romans chapter 16. This may be the most important part of the whole sermon. You ready? Look at verse number 19. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but that I would that you be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Everybody look at me. We live in a world that's wise concerning evil and simple concerning good. I think it's wrong for a preacher to get up and teach you. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's talk about uh, all the bad things. How about we talk about what we're supposed to do instead of what we're not, just not supposed to do? I think it goes two ways. Parents, be careful. We're supposed to make sin exceedingly sinful, but sometimes we draw too much attention to it and our kids want to do it. You see, God says... <laughs> In Romans 16, 19, first, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 3, that we are to be uh, standing against that which is evil, but s- simple concerning evil, but standing for that which is good. In other words, uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I really do need to use this verse for you to say the next couple statements here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at verse number 3. Without natural affection... Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers, those which are good. Say, what's this talking about, preacher? Verse number one, this know that in the last days perilous times shall come. (laughs) Without natural affection. Say, who are those? People that don't know what is right. Now, hang on for a second. We should not watch evil. We should not play evil. We should not read evil. 
We should not have anything to do with evil. I'm probably going to go to the booger man on this one, but hang on. That means a lot of what's on TV and movies, Marvel, where do they get all their power? Black power, evil. Video games filled with witchcraft, evil. Harry Potter, filled with witchcraft and evil. The preacher, you don't like that? It's right behind the devil. It would be like going to a Satanist church, in my opinion. They've just made it enjoyable for people to go. Uh, you say, well, you're a little radical. God said that we ought to be wise concerning good and simple concerning evil. And we wonder why good Christian people end up doing stupid things and, and vile and evil things and quit doing good things. It's because they're playing around, hanging around, being around evil all the time. Well, it's just entertainment, preacher. It's just something that we do for fun. Playing with the devil is not to be fun. If I brought a Ouija board to your house, would you play with it? So what's the difference in that in Marvel Comics? Same power. Star Wars. It's all the same power. I could go on and on and on and on. I just ruined everybody's night. Hang on. That's why I don't think it's wise for Christians to participate a whole lot in Halloween. The devil's night. Well, it's just, it's all fun. That's what the devil wants. I'm not saying you're going to the boogeyman if you participate. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not wise. I avoid it. <laughs> what does God say about good? I'm, going to, I'm only going to give you references and make one statement and I'm going to close. Psalm 34, 8, the Lord is good. Psalm 69, 16, God's loving kindness is good. Psalm 143.10, the Holy Spirit is good. Proverbs 20, uh, 2 verse 20 says, uh, walking with good men. Proverbs 20.18 said, with good advice, make war. Matthew 13.24 says that the Bible is good. 1 Corinthians 15.33 and Ephesians 4.29 say that uh, there is good communication that is corrupted by evil. Good communication is corrupted by evil. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, hold fast to that which is good. And 1 Timothy 1.8, the law of the Lord is good. God said, be wise concerning the things which are good and simple concerning that which is evil. I... I'm out of the loop on the, the worldly stuff. You say, why? Because I just hang around good all the time. I just hang around good. God says, how do you take a stand? I just showed you out of Romans 16. When do I take it? With those that are contrary, those that cause divisions. Those that are wrong on that book are the ones against whom I stand. I don't have to be in a fight with them. I'm just not going to play with them. I'm not going to be around them. I'm not going to be influenced by them because I might like them and turn their direction. And I've come too far to turn back now. 
Not going to happen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Christians are good people. Christians are kind people. Christians don't like to take a stand, and we don't like how it makes us feel, but we still have to do it. And from the word of God tonight, you found out about taking a stand.